Benvenuti a tutti i nostri amici in tutto il mondo. That simply means, welcome to all our friends around the entire world. Tomas has been looking at our analytics and he shares them with me from our new podcast host. And it makes us smile to see how many countries there are that tune in to us every week while we blab away about Bellitalia. It's a basic geography lesson. Yeah. <laughs> so my favorite favorites are, well, because they're kind of new and whatnot, Ecuador, Estonia, I've seen before, Romania, Tanzania, Vietnam, and Malawi. Poland. Was- they're huge, right? A lot of people in Warsaw are listening. South Africa today, East right. London, South Africa. Hello. <laughs> Long way away. Nice to have you aboard. Well, it just, again, reinforces the fact that everyone loves Italy. All right, before we dive into the next destination of our epic road trip from last month, I want to say that we will be putting up a short episode in, let's say, within the next few weeks that will explain and define my travel planning services. And I know, I realize that I do mention it often enough in these podcast episodes, so Perhaps most of you know that I am a travel planner. However, I think it would be beneficial to those that may be interested in engaging me to plan their trip to Italy. I would like to explain how my process is, how I work, and what I do to make people's trips fantastico. And it won't be too long, 10 or 15 minutes, okay? I think it also helps to explain to people how it's different from particularly in this day and age of AI generated and clicks and turning you Expedia and bookings.com, turning you where they want to turn you, where they make the most money, how you're different. Good point. And particularly with AI generated content out there. I mean, I've looked at several articles that I know aren't written by anybody. I know. And Sports Illustrated, excuse me, just a a tangent here. (laughs) Sports Illustrated was just called out for AI generated content produced by AI, quote unquote, authors who they found the same picture of that individual on AI generated galleries that you can buy the photo of. Dio mio, this is all too, too distressing. We're real. Yes, we are. (laughs) Very, very real. Okay. We'd also like to thank Hill Country Linda, as she calls herself on Apple Podcasts, And she thanked us for, quote, bringing the history and the culture alive in each of our episodes. That is very nice to hear. She said she spent three weeks in 1980 driving to all the larger cities in Italy and even got engaged on a gondola. Wow. Que carina. That's very romantic. Yes. Speaking of driving, let's start with our drive into Firenze last month. We left that idyllic farmhouse in southern Tuscany and drove straight to Firenze on the autostrada. Once we got off those secondary roads, we found the autostrada and like, what's that phrase? Pedal to the metal. (laughs) Because we had a time frame we had to get there by. And I must say, I'm still surprised that nothing has shown up in your email from the car company or the Italian government. I know. For A, A, speeding tickets, (laughs) or B, 
missing a toll or something? No, it's impossible to drive through a toll. Obviously, we had to use a credit card, but I did think we might get might have been caught for speeding and all the driving through the city of Pisa in the most historic district you could ever drive through. But so far, <laughs> nothing. Okay, so um, now that we're talking about driving, uh, please remember that for some reason, Tommaso decided he was il capo when it came to being at the wheel for the duration of our three-week trip. And do you have any um, thing you'd like to say about that? Negative. <laughs> well, anyway, as we were driving to Firenze, I made a comment to him that was about that I just cannot believe how I drove all over Italy all those years ago with just, as in like pre-smartphone, pre-internet, pre-everything basically, with just a paper map. I'm going to say that also. I remember driving from Amsterdam to somewhere in Germany to a shipyard on the Autostrada Booking oh, a, autobahn on the excuse me on the autobahn booking along at 130 140 miles an hour with a map on the passenger side right <laughs> and also once from nice to uh somewhere down on the coast through genoa and going through genoa is you like, went to via reggio via reggio there you go right, right. and going through genoa yeah yeah without you <laughs> as my navigator <laughs> well the thing is, in the days we did it, everyone did it. If you are at least our age, you drove stick shifts only. There was never anything other than a stick shift. Paper maps, and we all found our way. Now we're so reliant on Google Maps that who knows how you would get anywhere without them now. However, I am very grateful for Google Maps, as we know, yet I'm also happy for those complete that shit crazy driving experiences that, that we all had. <laughs> that we had, yes. Right. All right. So as we drove into Firenze in the Tipo, Fiat Tipo, I had reserved a parking garage outside the ZTL. And I'm always going to refer to that. And you guys can remember Zona Trafico Limitato. So the car free zone. Pop quiz right after this episode. <laughs> So we followed Google Maps directly to the garage. And here I would like to share a travel tip. And that is that you guys can find the ZTL zone on Google Maps simply by saying show ZTL, typing in show ZTL zone for, let's say, Roma. It will do it for each major city. And then the color coded area comes up. And that way you can search for a parking garage as close to the perimeter of the ZTL so that your walk or taxi ride wouldn't be that far. And I actually found a website that lists parking garages outside of ZTL zones in most major cities. And in the smaller villages, it's easy to find them with a good search beforehand. All right. So the garage in Firenze was... Also spotless, mm -hmm. just like the one in Torino with the dog Max, remember? Or Rex, whatever his <laughs> name was. And, you know, I think it's because we're used to New York City or Boston parking garages that are just dirty and whatever and expensive. But this one was pristine 
at a reasonable price per day. I and, thought. and two levels. They put the car up on a lift. Oh, yes. Yeah. And they're very good at that. Yes. The manager called a taxi for us. And so Tommaso and I walked outside with our luggage, just standing there. And he came out and he goes, Arriva fra sei minuti. It will arrive in six minutes. Like six. Okay. Grazie. So just for fun, Tommaso looked at his watch. The taxi arrived in five minutes and 45 seconds. Unlike New York City. Hey, I know. Forget about it. What do you want? What are you doing? I'm here. I'm here. Where do you want to go? No, they wouldn't be that nice. <laughs> All right. So since we had some friends that would be coming and going during our stay in Firenze, I chose a rental palazzo in Oltrano, the area that I've mentioned before, which is on the opposite side of the Arno River. And I usually suggest this area to my clients since it's normally less crowded. So Tommaso and I are in the taxi just cruising around and all of a sudden he took a right and a left and then we were at the far like south end of PT Palace and they have that large area in front of PT Palace and we both saw the hordes of people at the same time. We're like, oh, masses of humanity, tourists everywhere. And we're like, okay, deep breath. (laughs) (laughs) And and keep in mind, it was October 10th. I mean, I have been promoting go to Italy in October, November. November is even better if you're kind of further south. The weather is still great, etc. Here we are in Firenze, October 10th. Mobbed. Well, I read an article the other day, I forget which magazine, it said November is the new shoulder season. I came up with that like two years ago. So I can define a new shoulder season. Yes. Something like when it's raining on January 12th through <laughs> March 2nd. Pre-carnavale. We just saw the masses and we thought, all right, let's make the most of it. It will be great. So our friends flew that flew in from the United States, they arrived at the Palazzo shortly after Tommaso and I had done a little recce cruising around. And we all left our luggage inside the Palazzo since the very funny and friendly management crew were there cleaning the apartment. So I introduced myself to the woman in charge. She was clearly in charge and her name was Francesca. And she then introduced us to her colleague, a man named Francesco. So, of course, I just had to call him E. Franceschi, (laughs) the plural, and that cracked them up. Like, I don't know how they had never heard that before. Maybe it was because it came out of an American's mouth. So, we all took off for a little lunch spot down the street that Tommaso and I had scoped out beforehand, and it was simple but perfect. Started with? Aperol spritz. (laughs) Naturally. (laughs) De-aggravator. Then after lunch, since they were still cleaning the apartment, we walked Beppe and Oleandra, their Italian names they chose for the week, to the Duomo and for Beppe to get the lay of the land because I don't believe he had ever been there. Oleandra has been there several times. So we walked around. It was very hot, very crowded, especially at the Duomo. So yet... You know, again, make the most of it. The sky was as blue as could be, which made for great photos. But then we decided to walk them through Piazza della Signoria. And we had one of those moments that happens like once 
in a million times, right? <laughs> so, well, let me first say the reason we were in Firenze is because our friend was having an art opening at Palazzo Vecchio two nights later. And her name is Lolita and her husband is Frank, whom Tommaso sailed and raced with for years. So their friendship, along with the rest of the crew, the boat crew from all around the world, has been a big part of our lives and everyone's lives for like 25 plus years, correct? A absolutely. So we decided to walk Beppe and Oleandra into Piazza della Signoria because... Frank and Lolita have an apartment there. And as we walked in, it's also where Palazzo Vecchio is and just a stunning piazza filled with architectural monuments. It was, it's really a lovely place. However, we turned the corner and we're like, oh, there is like 8 million people. You could see the top of Palazzo Vecchio and some of the other buildings were like, oh, Dio mio. And then all of a sudden... We hear, TC, what the hell, man? It actually wasn't what the hell, but we won't <laughs> yeah, go. Right, right, right. We have a clean podcast. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay, so she was um, demonstrative in her <laughs> greeting. And Tommaso's nickname in sailing is simply TC, which is his initial. So that's not all that creative, but TC, basically, <laughs> and it came from Grace, Frank and Lolita's daughter. The fact we ran into her, the one person out of the many thousands jammed into Piazza della Signoria was hysterical, and it kind of set the tone, I think, for the rest of the time. She said she was sitting there decompressing from a transatlantic flight with a three-year-old. <laughs> That's true. After that encounter, we carried on with our little sightseeing tour for a bit. I think all of you got a gelato right on the other side of the Uffizi, which, by the way, let me throw this in there quickly. The one thing I was determined to do while we were there and whomever wanted to do it with me was to go to the Uffizi. It's my favorite building, my favorite collection of art ever, anywhere in the world. And we walked through the main area, the entrance, et cetera, under the arcade of the Uffizi. And I just, I couldn't do it. I wasn't going to do it right then and there. I was going to make us whomever wanted to join, obviously buy a ticket late in the day. Hopefully it would be less crowded. This was late in the day, late in the afternoon. And I just thought, I can't do it. I, it wouldn't be enjoyable. So there was that. On the other side of the Uffizi Arcade, the three of you got a gelato. We walked back over Ponte Vecchio, which was also very crowded. Later, during the next few days, we walked over the other bridges. It was just unbearable. We did walk over Ponte Vecchio one more time. All dressed up a couple days later. No, For actually two more times then. Okay. Regardless, so we decided to go back to the Palazzo and the... Franceschi <laughs> had cleaned the place to perfection. And I had purchased a few bottles of Chianti previously that we could have as we got ready for dinner that night, which we chose to make an early dinner reservation because, again, it was Oleandra and Beppe's first night. So Oleandra and Beppe said, okay, we're just going to regroup, take a shower, etc., and we'll be out in a, in a while. And... Keep in mind, well, let me describe. 
this palazzo in general. It's on the second floor of the building, which was four or five stories tall, as most every building in Firenze is about the same height. Luckily, it, it maintains a beautiful look that way, I think. So our apartment took up three quarters of the floor and the other quarter of the floor was a smaller apartment. And Tommaso and I had a bedroom in a loft area with a sitting room below it and a very lovely shower bathroom, I should say, small, but really, really nice. And then there were two more bedrooms and two more full, very luxurious bathrooms. So Tommaso and I were sitting in the kitchen area, sipping on the Chianti and going over our itinerary for the next few days. And all of a sudden, boom, electricity just popped off. And we looked at each other and we're like, that's odd. So Tommaso gets up and he's looking for a circuit breaker and all over. Obviously, he's looking in every closet, every room for a circuit breaker. It's an Italian building from the 1600s. <laughs> it's not like it's well-defined where Correct. that's going to be. But I think we even looked in the hallway outside. We looked at every closet, right? everything. So finally, I thought I'd call Francesca because she had given me her number. And I was explaining to her there was no power, which obviously meant there was no AC and do air conditioning. And do keep in mind, it was hot. Again, October 10th, it was maybe only 10 minutes that we'd been looking for this circuit breaker or whatnot. And we were starting to get really hot. And then Francesca, who was driving, I could tell she was driving home. She was speaking, I swear to God, at like, warp speed it was so fast and you know i don't know the word for circuit breaker you know i could understand the rest but she's telling me oh i have to go downstairs and and this is really in fast italian <laughs> go downstairs and then you'll find a key behind this closet door and then that key can open the other closets on the top floor where the circuit breakers are and blah blah, blah. i was like oh just trying to understand her and i'm just like pacing around in the kitchen area getting a little hot and then all of a sudden, Oleandra appeared in a towel with a towel around her hair. And she said, Kimberly, we have a huge problem. <laughs> I was like, I know. I'm sorry. Um, the, there's a power outage. And uh, I'm on the phone with Francesca about it right now. And Oleandra looks at me. She goes, Kimberly, I was in the jacuzzi. It had an electrical short, and I was almost fried to pieces. It fired, she said. Sparks. Sparks. Sparks of fire came out of the faucet area of where the jacuzzi mechanism thing was. Came out of the water. She jumped out, and she's, she's saying this to me in a loud voice, not yelling at me, just saying what happened. Meanwhile, keep in mind, I was on the phone with Francesca, who had been like, in Italian, <laughs> and then I hear nothing. Absolute silence, and then I hear, Dio mio. I was like, okay. And so I said, all right, Francesca, and hang up because we're just on a normal WhatsApp call. Or I just called her, you know, her mobile number. So I said, I'm going to call you WhatsApp video. Give me two minutes. She's like, va bene. <laughs> so I think she pulled over because I knew she was still in the car. I call her back. I see her answer. She's in the car. I, I took one look at her, I go, Allora. And I turn the phone and I hear 
swear words that I have never heard before. Like, I thought I knew every swear word, but no, clearly not. I learned quite a few. And Francesca just was staring at, in disbelief at the water that was flooding. And this is in the dark, mind you. There, You put your uh, flashlight on your cell phone That's on. That's all we had. Right? So we all have... Three other people had their flashlights of their cell phone on to show Francesca. And the water had flooded into the bedroom, out of the bathroom. Underneath under, the bed. Under the bed. So they had lifted. Or and it was their, it was a lot of water. Was that was a very so deep water. jacuzzi. And Beppe put their suitcases on top of the bed that had already gotten a little wet. The bottom of the suitcases. He had his jeans rolled up and the water was over his feet. And she just kept going, Dio mio. And I was like, oh my God. And she goes, uh, I, mean, I have to call my colleagues, just hang tight. I was like, okay. So she hung up and we are taking all the towels we could find, which weren't many, mind you, from three bathrooms, trying to soak up this water that just wouldn't stop. So literally within one minute that I hung up, the Chitofano buzzes, the intercom I opened the door. There's a very nice looking man there. And I was like, oh, hi, are you with the management company? He goes, no, no, sono un, un amico. I'm a friend of Francesca's. She called me and asked me to come upstairs and check out the disastro. And I loved the way he said it. I'm like, disastro. Italians okay. have words expressing themselves in a moment of stress. It was awesome. So I was like, come on in. And then he got on WhatsApp video with her. And then again, swearing like you've never heard. Meanwhile, Beppe, Oleandro, Tommaso, and I are using every towel in the place, soaking up the water, whatever. So it was a proprio mostre di merda, as we have described before. Not a common phrase in Italian, but that's our our uh, translation of a proper shit show. And it almost became comical because it was hot as could be. We were all sweating from the lack of air conditioning. There was no light. We couldn't see anything, no candles. And all I kept thinking was this first night for Beppe and Oleandra could not go more wrong. <laughs> I wasn't as worried about Oleandra now that I know she'd survived the, the frying in the jacuzzi. I was just thinking, no AC. Oh, God. Oh, for Pete's sake, that's so selfish Com of you. Completely, completely self-centered. Right. Narcissistic right? all the way. Right. <laughs> I will say that they were both, Beppe and Oleandra, were so low-key and so cool about the entire situation. So I was very grateful for that. A few minutes later, finally, two men from the management company showed up again on a Sunday night, whenever it was, and I'm not exaggerating when I say that the two of them broke out into a profuse sweat within two minutes. It was so hot in this building and they were like looking for the circuit breakers and she's Francesca's on the phone with the one man and when he finally hung up with her I I could tell he had a distinct accent from somewhere so I asked him da dove viene he's like Ungaria Hungary I was like oh my god I love Budapest I drove there from Vienna enough a couple get of years. the juice back on <laughs> Now, please. <laughs> Tomasa was like, can you chat later? I was like, okay, fine. So they did. They got everything mopped up. They brought tons of towels, candles, you name it. 
they made it happen and they got basically everything functioning. So we thought we, none of us knew that the air conditioning didn't work in that far room of Beppe and Oleandras. We, none of us knew that at the point, but we were grateful. These guys soaked everything up, got the AC back on supposedly and electricity, et cetera. So we left and we went, walked down the street to dinner. It was good. It was nice, but I don't know. The restaurant was a tad too hipster for our taste that night. Remember, it was like a lovely place, but... Just need a little bit of decompression restaurant as opposed to lively and yeah, jammed. Yes, and 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 just, again, kind of hipsterish. Yeah. Wasn't the vibe we were looking for, but it was very good. And after dinner, I walked us through Piazza Santo Spirito, which is so simple and so beautiful at night. Just that plain facade of the church lit up and... We just got some fresh air and walked around. And so, you know, between the wine and the nice meal, we were like, okay, it's been a long day, especially for them. They had just come from the United States. Welcome to Italy. (laughs) Right? So I thought, okay, we can just uh, move beyond the disastro (laughs) and go back to the Palazzo and have a good night's sleep. But that is when we discovered that the air conditioning was not working on that side in their room. And by this time, by this point, Aleandro's like, Kimberly, no worries. We'll just open the window. We're so tired. We'll sleep like babies. Okay, so Tommaso and I did sleep well in our little air-conditioned loft. Mm -hmm. And fast forward to the next morning. Tommaso and I are in the kitchen again, making a little, uh, you know, espresso. Oleandra walks into the kitchen and basically we recognized her. (laughs) We recognized her like from her hair alone. Her entire face was swollen from being bit by mosquitoes all night long. We felt so bad and I was just about to get up and go to a pharmacia and buy the equivalent of Benadryl or something. And then all of a sudden, up pops Cristiano. He had a key, which he knocked on the door at the same moment he he opened the door. And he's like, ciao, sono Cristiano. And we're like, and you are? He goes, the owner of this management company. He was apologetic, but funny and took over. And literally, he averted any ill feelings we might have had with his Funny, instantaneous humor, a huge smile. He was very, you know, energetic, and we just like calmed down. Roll, and, you have to roll with it. You're there. Right? There's nothing you can do about it. And then finally, he said, "You have all been so considerate and so kind. So, can I treat you to lunch or dinner?" Yes, and also Francesca had come back. Oh yes, with several bottles of wine. Good wine yes. too. She returned with all new wine glasses. We hadn't asked for that, but she did. And hand towels, more towels, beautiful wine, more candles, like went out of her way and beyond. They were all so kind. And then Cristiano offered lunch or dinner reservation for us. But that night we already had a reservation. So Tommaso and the gang could have Bistega Fiorentina, so we agreed to having lunch the next day at his recommendation, and it turned out to be 
pretty nice. I think it was one of the best meals of our entire three-week trip. Yes. <laughs> it was a very sophisticated, beautiful place. It was not your typical lunch place. No, exactly. There were like businessmen in there. Yes. It was awesome. But anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. So, and, and, I don't, and they had to add another head to it too, which probably cost them another 50 or 60 euros. Oh, right. Because, because that morning in the midst of Cristiano being there, getting everything functioning, our friend Kate arrived from London. She took a taxi. She walks in, she meets everybody and she looks around. She's like, <laughs> what are all these towels? <laughs> <laughs> so we explained the entire thing and... So she was getting settled into her room, which had stayed dry the whole time. Beppe was trying to dry out his clothes he used to soak up the jacuzzi water the night before. And Oleandra was basically waiting for the Benadryl. I think he in. put a little sign in and he put a chair in the jacuzzi. He, he, he put some little wooden little chair, chair thing in there. So and, no. and when he left, he looked right at all of us. He goes, non usare più la jacuzzi. <laughs> don't use the jacuzzi anymore. And we're like, we won't. So Kate had arrived and Beppe Oleandra, Tomas and I, we all walked around again. We went back to Piazza Santo Spirito because one of my favorite osterias is there. It's simply Osteria Santo Spirito. It's an old institution. And I was hoping we could get a table outside. So as we walk through the big piazza, I see a lot of people and then one table, completely empty. It would have fit the five of us. It was empty because it was the only one without an umbrella or no shade from any tree. And it was just sitting there alone, baking in the blazing You could have cooked sun. on that table. <laughs> so I think the, the waiter noticed like the complete look of despair on my face. And he mentioned they had one table left inside. I was like, we'll take it. We did. And it was perfect. Aperol spritzes for all. I had an insalata. Oleandra had that gnocchi dish, which I normally do not like gnocchi at all. It's too heavy. It was amazing. Do you remember that? She shared it with all of us. I'm not a gnocchi eater generally because I also feel it's kind of heavy. Right. But it was good. I always enjoy a taste of something. Right. But once she let all of us have a a try, she just put the plate in the middle and we're like, <laughs> just eat at our forks. It was so good. It was a lovely, perfect, delicioso lunch. And most importantly, I felt like we we all deserved it. So with that, we will leave you on this upbeat note of pure happiness while enjoying the simple pleasure of a lovely lunch in Piazza Santo Spirito in Firenze. And we're also grateful that things didn't go worse and someone ended up in the jacuzzi medium well done. Ew! <laughs> so, hey basta, okay? Next week we'll be back with the rest of our time in Firenze, which included the art opening at Palazzo Vecchio, one of the most amazing meals of our life. I think we mentioned that last week as well, but there's a lot more to share. Va bene? Ciao, ciao. Grazie mille. Ciao, ciao.